Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Zinnia Bayardo to the Library Influencers Podcast. So Zinnia, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your time in, in the library. Uh, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, I was started off in education as an elementary teacher in uh, the fourth grade bilingual classroom. Okay. Um, and then I went to the first grade bilingual classroom uh, before switching to the library classroom. Nice. Okay. And um, I started off in the elementary library and I was there for 10 years, 10 very fun years uh, in both the San Antonio ISD district and the now Northside district. Okay. And then I made the jump to middle school library. I was there for four years at Bernal Middle School. And now most recently I made the jump to the high school library. I am now finishing up my third year at Stevens High School in Northside. Okay, so you've been at all the levels in and kind of progressed through them. So what what do you what kind of I know a lot of early career librarians wonder, you know, like what do you like they've always worked elementary, they wonder like, well, what do you do in high school? Or or the opposite. They were always taught in high school and now they're wondering, could I do elementary? What do you really see as the big differences? And between the different levels? Um, I think the my biggest difference that I noticed was the level of theatrics okay. uh, and um, animation during, um, of course, story time. There's a difference there. So in elementary, it was a lot of animation and super cheesy, corny, hyped up. Um, story time and reading and even interactions. Um, and then in the high school, obviously we don't have story time. I teach how to have story time to our students who are on the education track, but um, my theatrics are a lot less or else I'm looking at you kind of suspicious. So I'm not saying not have any, um, you know, corniness in high school, um, but um, I would, say a little less because the teens um, kind of look at you weird. <laughs> I bet so. No, and I was, I always worked elementary. That was my only um, school level as a librarian, you know, that I worked. So, and I know what you mean, you know, I, I could do all kinds of silly, th funny things, you know, in front of them that I would, actually, I would probably never do in front of <laughs> teenagers or, or even some adults, but well, that's good. That's kind of a good explanation to, so it, and our certification, at least in the state of Texas, where, where you and I both happen to be, it covers all those grades, you know, so you would look at your state certification and see if it covers um, the whole gamut. And if so, then then you are fully qualified and you should look at any job openings, you know, that are going to come your way, because that I don't often see a lot of library job openings. Yeah. All right. So when you're thinking back to the beginning, um, what do you remember about your first couple of years in the library? Uh, my first couple of years, I know I can clearly remember I was way too busy to be scared. Okay. Uh, and really, the reason for that is because um, 
I was fortunate or not fortunate, depending how you look at it, um, to be able to do my library and information studies courses while on the job. Oh. I worked in a school district that um, required that you at least have just the first two courses in, and then you could accept a library position and continue your studies while on the job. I didn't think about I didn't weigh that out. I just knew that that's I wanted to make that transition, and I did. Yeah. I didn't have time to think about it if this is what I wanted to do or not. I just did it. But while after I uh, finished, and just sometime during the studies, I remember thinking this is really great because what I am immediate currently learning, I can immediately apply it in my library classroom, and I really enjoyed that. But I didn't have time to uh, be scared from the transition of going from a classroom to being a librarian, I was just kind of almost felt like I was thrown into this library and then thrown into this uh, new career and this new course of studies. And it's just, it was it was just figure it out and get going and don't even think about um, being scared. I like that. Yeah, that's good. And it probably the classes made so much more sense to you, you know, because you were living through it, you know, day by day. So that's nice that that your district allowed for that. So when you're thinking back again to yourself when you were starting out, what kind of advice would you send to your younger professional self? One of my favorite things to do is mentor um, new librarians or librarians studying or you know teachers studying to be yeah. librarians in, at the university level. So it's my favorite thing to do to mentor, to help, to guide, to be that voice that um, I didn't really have much of the time. Yeah. Um, so one of the first things that I always tell them is, first of all, breathe. <laughs> you can do this. Um, but second of all, the one thing I, I try to tell them is um, you can't do it all all at once and you don't have to. Yeah. Um, it was uh, my first year and I wanted to be the best story time reader, the best collaborator. And um, I wanted to collaborate with all the grades and um, and I was still studying myself and I quickly learned I can't be all the things. Um, so I had to really understand that um, I had to pick and choose, especially as a new librarian, what am I going to focus on and really uh, grow and nurture and, and master or try to master um, this year. Next year, I'll take on being a makerspace librarian. And the next year, I'll take on maybe collaborating with fifth grade since I did it with third grade this year or so on. But I had to learn to tell myself that. And that is something that I tell new librarians all the time. Take little achievable goals every year and don't take on the I want to be all the things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and it, you know, when you're doing that kind of thing, you so start a, a dream list, you know, or dream journal or something, you know, where you can write down the kind of things you're thinking about for the future, like makerspace or like your collaboration or whatever, so that, that when the time comes and you're ready for your next thing, you know, you've got it written there and you'll you'll know what to what's been on your mind and on your heart lately. So tell us a little bit about this summer because we're not too far away now. What what are your plans for this coming summer? First of all, I want to relax. <laughs> Um, I want to be able to uh, just turn off my brain yes. for a second when it comes to uh, work and teaching and um, the library and school, anything. I want to take a moment to just turn it on. And if that means watching mindless uh, 
TV, then that's what it means. So that's my first objective. Yeah. But um, I, I do, I do uh, like to reflect. So I like to take the summer to reflect on the past year and then also to take the opportunity to prepare for next. Um, that's one of, one of the things that I love about our career is that we have a year to do with this group, with this bunch, with this school year. And then we have a clear break at the end of May, right? Um, and then we get to do it again the next year with changes of what went really bad last year with improvements of what went really good this year. So in the summer, I wanna take the time to write down my goals for the next year. Um, of course, uh, update my website and uh, library management system, um, see what worked, what didn't work. Um, hopefully look at the year, the school year and look at like what library programs I wanna have for the next year. Um, and especially next year, because this year we didn't get to have very much because of COVID. Um, so next year I want to have uh, lots of activities and programs um, to offer and share with our students. And then, of course, looking at professional development ideas to take advantage, I mean, opportunities to take advantage this summer. So um, we're always learning. Right. But that's so true. But I, I also love that you really started with the idea of self-care, you know, because after, after all this, man, we we need to focus on ourselves and, and get ready because it's going to be a big change, you know, getting back to full time with the kids. Um, yes. Did you have kids at the end of this at some point this year or? Um, still very limited. They prefer to be in, on the courtyard, which I understand it's outdoors. They can take off their mask, um, but um, there'll be one to come in here. Uh, every once in a while, we have a displaced classroom because something's wrong with the AC or, or something out there. And I really love having them in here because it feels the, like the library is a little bit back to normal. But our library this year is nothing compared to what it used to be. I mean, this was the hub. Yeah. Uh, it was thriving morning, lunch, all lunch times. And this year, it's completely different. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right. So when. Let's talk a little bit about the idea of the influence or the impact um, that librarians have um, on their campuses. So what do you see as the biggest takeaway um, for librarians? How have we changed professionally um, kind of post pandemic? Cause I'm hoping we're at the end of it here. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. Um, one of the biggest takeaway is that um, traditional school of a you know brick and mortar classroom with a desk and um, the teacher at the front of the uh, classroom in a podium or something yeah. that um, doesn't really have to be how learning is happening um, so school and learning doesn't really have to be in a classroom or on a desk uh, learning can happen anywhere and everywhere and um, there's lots of great activities that librarians have shared, like Shannon McClintock sharing the um, uh, things. Sports. Yeah, yeah, those sports of all of these learning links and places to go and do some learning. Um, so this was a great year to let people know that learning doesn't just happen in there. Um, but now that said, it's also important to know that um, not all learners learn the same way, right? Although some of us 
thrived uh, virtually and online and just looking at our uh, learning management system, some of us needed that classroom interaction and and um, that classroom setting. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, I learned that a long time ago when I did my graduate coursework all online, I loved it. Um, my husband, not so much. So. <laughs> There's learners, um, different styles of learners, right? But I think that we come away this year saying, we can have those options. Right now we can have traditional and virtual options. We've learned that some can be very successful virtually. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's, it's probably a learning style we didn't pay too much attention to before, you know, but this definitely brought that to the forefront now. So how has this kind of impacted you professionally? Uh, so professionally, it did um, change me to being a little bit more precise and targeted. Um, I've always been a planner and an organizer, obviously, um, but now I do it even more so um, targeted. I didn't want to overwhelm my students, my teachers with all of the um, choices and things out there, the you know learning links and the um, programs, learning programs, whatever. I just didn't want to just, you know, give them, give them, give them. I wanted to make it precise to what they were using and doing. Mm -hmm. So I learned to kind of really read the room of my staff and see what they're doing, what they're needing, mm -hmm. and then give little droplets rather than just a, a, you know, downpour of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. Total sense with that. All right. So what about um, on your particular campus? Uh, what kind of, of influence Besides what you were just saying about the teachers. Um, um, well, I can share that it was all hands on deck here. Um, and so aside from being a librarian, I was an English teacher for a while. I was a speech teacher for a semester. And um, so, yeah, when it comes down to very hard times and difficult times, we learn that it's an all hands on deck kind of thing. Yeah. Wow. Very, very interesting. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some things that, that you're real passionate about. I know you consider yourself um, a literacy librarian. So tell us a little bit about what you mean by that. Like, what is a literacy librarian? Um, so literacy and everything, um, like information literacy and reading literacy. I really love sharing books and reading and authors and writing and the process and okay. and um, the process of reading and discussing the reading. I love everything about literacy. Um, my first master's is elementary reading and literacy. So um, I really love the teaching of reading, the process. And then when we get to secondary and adulthood, the comprehension of it and the discussion of it. So. Um, I just think that it's it's not only beautiful and fun to read books, but also uh, very important. And of course, the information literacy uh, now more than ever, I think it's uh, vital importance that um, we teach information literacy so that we can look for, evaluate, use, create information effectively. So what are, what are your tips in that area? So like new librarians who aren't really up on all the the best ways of kind of teaching information literacy. What do you what do you do? Like what do you recommend? 
So um, I, first of all, I think that we should always consider ourselves learners, right? So in that area, I'm not the expert know-it-all on information literacy, and I'm constantly learning myself on how to, especially the new stuff that, um, you know, the new kind of uh, deep fakes. Yes, that's scary stuff. <laughs> And I remember going to a session with Jennifer Lagarde, the library girl, um, and learning about deep fakes. And here I am a librarian so many years, that was new to me. So the first thing I would say is be continuously a learner and know that you are still learning yourself. Um, and then um, really dive into it, right? So it's not just something that I'm teaching in the classroom with my juniors when they're doing their research. It's something that I'm doing at all times with you know, colleagues and family and at home and when I'm watching the news or when I'm reading the paper and it's something that we're um, being uh, critical of and in questioning and looking at carefully. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And since you mentioned Jennifer, like I know I, I got to go to a workshop once with her on her book, Fact Versus Fiction. And that's an awesome book. So if you're kind of new to that topic, that's a really good one that will even break down and kind of show activities and things, you know, that you can do with your kids. Um, because yeah. even learning from her, you know, that fake news is not even the best word to use. You know, there's all kinds of fake news. Are you talking about misinformation or you know, propaganda? You know, what is, what kind of fake news are you talking about? And right. then I, I haven't got to check it out yet, but have you seen her her newest book? Actually, I think it's all pre-order stuff right now, but I see she's doing one on developing digital detectives. And I thought, yeah. oh, I bet you that's going to be real hands-on. You know, I love, love how she um, shares that. And that speaks to what I just said about uh, you are always a learner, right? So mm -hmm. yes, go seek out those that are sharing books and PD and, mm -hmm. and presentations like Jennifer Lagarde, of course, um, and learn yourself so that you can take it back, apply it to your own uh, information literacy, but also to your lessons. Yeah, definitely. And then one other company I can think of, uh, News Literacy Project right yeah that's another good one and uh, right. again they've got things to do with the kids but i also love their newsletter um, and they'll take like the the latest viral um fake news kind of thing and and hash through it to let you see this is what you should have picked up on you know to recognize that it was fake or that something wasn't right about it and so i i love um, that particular um, web, website and their newsletter um, that they have there um, yes all right, so I know that you um, you know you mentioned reading also. So talk to me a little bit about secondary and, and the reading um, because you know elementary you're teaching them how to read. Uh, what kind of things are you doing at the secondary level? At the secondary level, uh, it's really continuing to um, spread that love and joy of reading. Um, our students are really busy, especially our high school students. They have band and um, athletics and clubs and clubs and clubs and then their social life. Um, it, they're really busy and sometimes reading for pleasure is, is difficult. Um, some may really wanna do it, but they can't because their course load is so big and their life is uh, really packed and full. But um, as the librarian and I consider myself a literacy leader on campus, I want to constantly promote books and reading and the joy of reading and the reason for continuing to read. Um, uh, one of the things I've always said is I'm glad. I remember one time a student said, I don't really need to continue reading. I passed my star. Oh. 
And I remember thinking, oh, well, that hurts. <laughs> but I, I said the same thing I, I continue to say now. We don't read for a score, a test score. We read for empathy and to be parts of our community, right? So reading uh, widely and um, reading books of diverse cultures and diverse groups, um, we learn to have an empathetic heart and um, to live in a community that is diverse. Mm -hmm. So reading to pass the score, great, you did that. But now, you know, we are reading for um, the betterment of our community and for ourselves to be a better person in our community. Yeah. So to be that constant literacy coach and cheer, I'm always sharing books and book talks and um, what books are, you know, I'm anticipated to read that are coming out soon, favorite authors, um, book festivals, mm -hmm. um, just really living that life of literacy and then sharing that with my students and hopefully um, when they graduate they'll be like I remember that librarian that constantly talked books and um, they continue to read too. Yeah and when you were mentioned about empathy and community members I, I sat in at a webinar not a webinar sorry this was a live thing so <laughs> pre-COVID um, where it was the dean of a medical school and he was talking about literacy and I'm like Okay, what, you know, what is he going to say? You know, I couldn't figure out why he was on the panel you know, of experts. And he said he actually looks for, when they're interviewing candidates for medical school, he's looking for readers, um, in particular fiction readers, because they're learning empathy. He said if they're reading, they're getting into those characters' lives, they're getting into everything that they're dealing with and really connecting with them. And he said that's the kind of people that I want to be my future doctors, you know, medical care people, because they're going to have really good bedside manner, you know, they're going to relate to their patients. And I thought, oh my gosh, I never, that would have never crossed my mind, you know. <laughs> so That's so awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm going to share that with my students. Yes, it's very important that you could get so much from fiction. Again, I remember someone telling me once a colleague said, um, I don't understand the point of reading fiction. Should don't is it nonfiction much more important because you're learning? Mm -hmm. um, sure, I'm learning steps and instructions on things, right? Yeah. But fiction grows your heart. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that real. I love what you just said. Fiction grows your heart. That needs to be a, a t-shirt or something. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. With that windows, mirrors, sliding doors, and now they've added prisms. But it's the same kind of thing. You know, if those are the stories that let you in on the other world outside of you know where you are right now so very good all right well Zinnia it's been a lot of fun learning what you're doing there in San Antonio and um what are let's talk a little bit about what kind of things you do you did mention professional development possibly in the summer but what do you do to keep learning and growing um, first of all, I surround myself with uh, like-minded people, librarians and readers and educators. Um, I have a phenomenal group of librarians here in Northside, um, specifically shout out to uh, Virginia Bigler and Elsa Trevino Dominguez. They are my go-to PLC that I'll text in the middle at midnight and say, I have a good idea for Loteria in the library in September. Um, and they'll, you know, shoot back with 
with yes and then we can do this and we can do this and um so surround yourself with like-minded people that have the same passion the same drive and um enthusiasm for what you do and what and what we're working on we have the same objectives we're kind of the same librarians and we do um the same thing when we have the same objective when it comes to the library and and what it we want it to be on our campuses so surround yourself around like-minded people for sure and always be learning yes definitely and i like to call those people to your library squad you know you're building your library squad you're not necessarily the cheerleading squad but you know but you are you they are your your soulmates you know in a sense because they're passionate about what you're passionate about and so yes. even if you're in a tiny district all by yourself you know find those people online or find them at a conference or something so that you can just start building you know Yes, and I might add, shout out to the RGV Librarian Squad. Yeah. Um, they uh, reached out in on Twitter and I said, oh, but I'm not from the Rio Grande Valley. And they're like, we accept all librarians. And I thought, how awesome is that? They're so welcoming and sharing um, all their knowledge and, and they're welcoming and encompassing everybody. That's awesome. That's, that's exactly what you just said. Even if you're in a small district, reach out all over Texas and the U.S. Definitely. All right. So Xenia, um, our listeners, I'm sure are gonna wanna connect with you and keep learning from you. Where can they find you online? Um, on Twitter at Bayardo Xenia, which is my first and my last name, last name first. Um, I also tweet for our library, um, our high school library, which is at NISD Stevens Lib. Um, okay. We're on Facebook and Instagram at NISD Stevens Lib as well. All right, very good. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It's been fun getting to know you. And I, I look forward to the future of maybe even seeing you live in person somewhere. <laughs> yes, hopefully soon. Thank you so much for inviting me and sharing some, some time with me. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Thank you. Bye.